He reigns. It's the song the redeemed rising from the African plain. It's the song of the forgiven drowning out the Amazon rain. Song of Asian believers filled with God's holy fire. It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation, a love song born of a grateful choir. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns. He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory. Hallelujah. He reigns. He reigns. Let it rise with the four winds caught up in the heavenly sound. Let praises echo from the towers of cathedrals to the faithful gathered underground. Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation, some were meant to persist. Of all the bells rung from a thousand steeples, none's rings truer than this. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns. He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory. Hallelujah. He reigns. He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory. Hallelujah. He reigns. He reigns. And all the powers of darkness tremble at what they just heard. Cause all the powers of darkness can't drown out a single word. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns, He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, He reigns. He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory. Hallelujah. He reigns. He reigns. It's all God's children singing glory, glory. Hallelujah. He reigns. He reigns. The scripture reading for tonight is very familiar. At least the first part of it is. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. 
So welcome again. Let's go ahead and go right into a prayer here tonight. Does anybody have anything that, that's really pressing that they, they would like prayer for tonight? Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, You have come into the world. You are the light of the world. Through Your Son, You show us the way. Through your, your Son, You provide the way for us to come and be with You, to know You. Thank You for sending Him to die on a cross for our sins. Thank You, Jesus, that You were willing to do that. Because we were sinners. We didn't care. Uh, you say that while we were still sinners, You died for us. Thank You for the gift of Your Holy Spirit who calls us to be with You. This evening we ask your blessings upon the service, upon the words that we hear, that we would open up our hearts and minds to hear what you would tell us tonight. We think of the people in our midst and the people around us that are that are struggling. And we think of Connie and John and their their unborn child and wow, we think of the Old Testament and how many times there were women that struggled and that, that went for years without a birth and, and uh and you, uh, you came through, God. You came through at the end. You, you made those promises. And uh, even though it was years, and years had gone by for some people, and, and you were faithful to what you had said, God. And so we know that you opened the womb. You say so in your word. And we pray that in this case that you would bless the pregnancy that's, that's uh, viable now and that you would uh, give Connie and John the desire of their heart and that there would be a healthy birth in this case. And then we think of Santos, and we think of how difficult it must be to be faced with cancer even a second time, and uh, and how discouraging that must be. So we pray, Lord, that you would lift him up by your Spirit, and that you would surround him with people that love him, and that would lift him up. We pray that for skill for the doctors, both in the unborn child and and in Santos's case, that they would be skillful, that you would use them to bring healing and to bring wisdom and, and insight into the problems that are faced there, and that according to your will, there would be healing. All these things we ask it, Father, according to your will, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to go into our next song here. I do believe I got my little... Uh, schedule down below so I don't goof up too bad. Uh, Lord, I lift your name on high. Oldie but a goodie. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. And I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky Lord, I lift your name on high Lord, I lift your name on high 
Lord, I love to sing your praises. And I'm so glad you're in my life. And I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt you pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life And I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth To show the way From the earth to the cross My debt to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky Lord, I lift your name on. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This, where we are in John now, we find the greatest declaration of all time. And no saying of man begins. No other saying. There's nothing you've ever heard human lips say <laughs> that equates to the glory of this statement. Throughout the history of the church, more people have memorized this piece of Scripture than any other. Entire books are written on just this sentence. And it is enormously rich in meaning. And, and it is hard to plumb its depths sufficiently. So, in this little short time, we'll try. <laughs> but there's a lot of misunderstanding around this statement, this declaration. Starting here, it's only the first part of a commentary that has three sections. First, of course, the declaration itself. And second is the development of that declaration. What does it mean? And then third, the repercussions of the declaration. But you may be asking, why do I call it a commentary? These are comments, a commentary, on the conversation that John just recorded, a written explanation of the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Which means, of course, that they are not the conversation itself. They are not words spoken by Jesus, but commentary penned by John. I know, now wait a minute. Some of you are saying, those words are in red in my Bible, so that means they are the words of Jesus. Well, first, in one sense, it doesn't really matter. Every word of Scripture, no matter how it came to the human authors, is inspired, breathed out, by the Holy Spirit. It is exactly what God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want 
in the text. And understand that John didn't have a red pen and a black pen. <laughs> he really didn't have two colors of pens. Louis Klopsch was the editor of the Christian Herald magazine way back in the late 1800s. And he thought it would help people to understand Scripture better if he printed what he believed were the words of Christ in red. Mr. Klopsch was, by the way, a dedicated uh, and devoted Christian man. He did a lot of great work for the cause of Christ. But the truth is they didn't use quote marks in ancient Greek. (laughs) So no one can know with absolute certainty where the conversation ends and where the commentary begins. But there are a few reasons we think this was probably written by John and not Jesus' words. First, Jesus rarely uses Son of God himself. Never. In the first three Gospels, never is it recorded that Jesus uses the words Son of God of himself. There is a point where his enemies ask him if he is the Son of God, right? at the end and he says you say which is kind of like you got it (laughs) that's what we would have said (laughs) you got it yeah but he never comes out and says it himself directly in those three gospels it's not recorded at all and it doesn't fit the profile of his mission this early later yes but not early in his work like this conversation was in john's gospel we do see a few times where jesus does directly call himself son of god and a few more where other people say it and he acknowledges that truth but it's almost always with those who already believe or towards the end of his ministry. And then also, when you go back to the words we are considering today, you'll notice a dramatic change in the pronouns from the actual conversation to this section. The main point, though, is that these words are Scripture and we need to understand them. Fortunately, the words are actually easier to understand when we realize what John is doing. That's why I thought it was worth taking this time to talk about it. And, of course, I think it's really interesting, so <laughs> so you got to know too. Now, let's go on and look at some of the parts of this great declaration. The word only. The Greek word has multiple uses and is very difficult to translate into English. You may have seen it translated only begotten. Uh, and also, one and only. That comes up a lot. The ESV translators, I think they just scratched their heads and finally just gave up and put only son. <laughs> You know, if they have trouble, how are we going to understand this? Well, we can look at how John uses it in other places. Now, the same exact use of only son is found in John 3.16. Of course, is also again in verse 18, which we'll get to shortly. And then back in John 1.14, he used the same thing. We also find the only, though, used in a similar way in these verses penned by John. Earlier in the Gospel, he wrote, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Of course, in his first letter, he wrote, In this the love of God has made manifest among us. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. So clearly, the only points to a uniqueness. Jesus is uniquely the Son of God. No other one like him. Okay, so we have an idea of what only means. What about believes? What does believes mean? Well, the sentence just before this, where we are sure Jesus is speaking, he said, As Moses lifted up the serpent of the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now, we spoke about this event back with Moses in Sight Beyond Seeing a few weeks ago. The short version is, because of their sin, God allowed deadly serpents to come into the midst of Israel's camp and, of course, got bit. They started dying. And they recognized their sin and they prayed for God to take the snakes away. And he said, I'm going to take care of you, but not that way. So he told them that when you're bitten by a snake, 
What you have to do is you have to go look at this brass serpent that Moses will make and he'll put it on a tall pole. You go look at that and then you'll be okay. You won't die. Okay, that's, that's a strange solution. I'm just sorry. That's really strange. Why did he do it? Because he knew they still had sin in their hearts. And looking, going to look, meant they showed their trust in God and His Word. They would be saved if they believed in God and did as He requested. So believing means to trust in God and the gift of His Son that though we are bitten by sin, we can look forward to nothing but death. No, instead we can have eternal life because of Him. Okay, so that brings us to our last question about this declaration, what's eternal life? (laughs) We want to know what that means. Well, sometimes it's translated the life to come. It literally means life of the world to come, which I kind of (laughs) like. To Jewish people at that time, life of the world to come meant perfect eternal life with God. That's what they would have heard. That's what they would have expected to be said. They expected there to be an eternal life, so they would have understood it that way. So I think we can be sure that's what John meant. The life of the world to come. I like that. <laughs> that sounds great. This is a great declaration. And there is, when we think about it, there's a significant amount of ancient Jewish literature that talks about God's love for His people. And of course, an immense amount in the Old Testament refers to His love. But no one ever breathed anything like this declaration. Humanity never heard anything like John 3.16 before Jesus. That God loves all the world, all the world enough to send his son. That's why I think in amazement Paul wrote, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name. For your name is a strong and mighty tower, your name is a shelter like no other, your name. Let the nation sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to save but your name. Jesus, in your name we pray. Come and fill our hearts today. Lord, give us strength to live for you and glorify your name. For your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing it louder. Nothing has the power to save but your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name. 
Let the nation sing it louder, because nothing has the power to save but your name, but your Just as you are, hear the Spirit call. Come just as you are, come and see, come receive, come and live forever. Come just as you are, hear the Spirit call, come just as you are, come receive Christ the King, come and live forever, life everlasting and strength for today. as you are, hear the Spirit call, come just as you are, come and see, come receive, come and live forever, life everlasting and strength for today. declaration, John knows people are going to be scratching their heads and they're going to need some further development of the thought. So he wrote this, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. The declarations hope that those who believe in the only Son would not perish, but have eternal life is mirrored by the words condemn and saved, not condemned here. But what John is not saying what he's not giving us is either or. An either or description of Jesus' job. He's not saying you should not feel condemned because Jesus didn't come to do that. That's not what he's saying. He is saying whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Jesus didn't come to condemn people. They're already condemned. <laughs> he came to save people from being condemned which is the human condition. 
we have all been bitten by our own sins and need saving. Does it sound kind of harsh? We might think of it this way. You're driving along a beautiful little country road, 65 miles an hour, enjoying the sights, and all of a sudden this guy pops up on the side of the road pulling a big piece of cardboard on which he has scrawled the words, Bridge out! He's wagging it back and forth and screaming something as you whiz by him. Do you believe him? I mean, it's an outlandish statement. I mean, come on, if the bridge was out, then the government would put up some sign, right? It would be obvious, right? Besides, what if he's a thief? He's just trying to get you to stop so he can steal from you, right? So you blast on. The road goes up this sharp little hill and just before you get to the top, you see off to your left a deep ravine with cliffs forming both sides and a ravine that will clearly bisect the road once you top that little hill which you're right at. (laughs) way before you can stop the car. It's going to bisect the road. Is there a bridge? If the crazy man with the sign was right, you're about to die. You are condemned already because you didn't believe. One man said it this way, you have a destiny of ruin. So let's be blunt. When John says condemned or saved, he is talking about salvation or damnation. But wait, didn't Paul write, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Yes, he did. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who believe the crazy man with the sign. <laughs> Long before the Son became flesh and lived among us, Ezekiel wrote, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? This is why Jesus waves the sign and He cries out, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears My word and believes Him who sent Me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Jesus knows what is ahead and He doesn't want anyone to just blast on past Him. Judgment, eternal death, is separation from God's grace. Is it better to have eternal life or to drive on into eternal shadows. This is why, speaking of the need to pray for all people, especially our leaders, Paul told Timothy, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God greatly desires that all people believe in the only Son. But He also gave all free moral agency. There are some who will not believe Those who are not in Christ are those who do not believe and they are already condemned and will be judged. And we should consider this. By what standard will they be judged? All your ways are good, all your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone Higher than my sight High above my life Well, I will trust in you alone In you alone Where you go, I go Where you stay, I'll stay When you move, I move I will follow you Who 
you love our love and you serve our serve if this life I lose I will follow you I will follow you yeah light unto the world light unto my life well I will live for you alone you're the one I seek knowing I will find all I need in you alone in you alone where you go I go where you stay I stay when you move I move I will follow you who you love I love how you serve I'll serve if this life I lose I will follow you I will follow you yeah in you there's life everlasting in you there's freedom for my soul in you. There's joy, unending joy. And I will follow who you love, I love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Who you love, I love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. I will follow you, yeah, I will follow you, I will follow you, yeah. This is a great hymn, The Old Rugged Cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and i love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world full of sinners was slain so i'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Oh, the old rugged cross So despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me for the dear lamb of god left his glory above to bear it to dark calvary so i'll cherish the old rugged cross till my is at last i lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. In the old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For twas on that old cross. Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll 
cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true, its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then you call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. By what standard will those who do not believe be judged? And for that matter, how will those who believe be seen to be true, as the verse said? John concludes his commentary with the repercussions of the great declaration, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Believe in the Son or not. Have eternal life or perish. Be saved or condemn, live in the light or darkness. Each and every person can live in the shadows or they can walk in the light. Again and again we see that there are two kinds of people. Those who desire to do good and thus walk into the light and those who cling to evil and stay in the shadows. How do you know which is which? Well, it's actually pretty easy. Flip on the light. (laughs) There are those people who love darkness because it hides what they do and what they do shows who they are. 2,000 years ago when the light was flipped on in Christ, it was easy to see how wicked the ruling priests had become. And they didn't like people seeing that. The goodwill of Christ is today too great a contrast with the wickedness of all who do not believe for them to be comfortable. How much do we shine out the light of Christ? How many of our works are carried out in God? It's like this. If the light of Christ is an irritant to those who do not and will not believe, and His light is in us, ought we not to be an irritation to them somehow? Light illuminates, and if it illuminates anything that's not purely 
clear, it also casts shadows. Jesus came to save, but His very coming exposes the condemned nature of non-believers. It shows the darkness of their souls that they walk in the shadows. In speaking to all the Jews, both those who rejected Him and those who desired to walk in His light, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We've got to wait a minute here. There's a further repercussion we need to think about. Okay, we come to Jesus, who is the light of the world. But we all come condemned. You know, until we meet Him, we're condemned, right? We live in the dark, the shadows, and then we walk into the light that is God the Son. What's He going to see when He sees us? Especially at first. We have to be willing to let God see our sin before we can be forgiven. Our sins are exposed in Christ. But if we willingly walk into His light, that very light burns our sins away. <laughs> I always thought maybe that's why it hurts so much to become a Christian. I don't know. There are times when it's just really hard. <laughs> but it's the only way into the light. The only way to spiritual health. The only way to eternal life. There's only this one way. As our friend Paul the Apostle said, Jesus died for us, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, died, okay? Behold, the new has come. No one has to continue to walk in darkness, in the shadows, because Jesus walked all the way through the shadows and conquered them all including all those we created. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We can put our faith in Christ because no darkness, not even our own, can overcome this light. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing Your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy love and you're slow to anger your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to find bless the Lord oh my soul 
share something with you that I read this week. J. Vernon McGee is going through Ezekiel now. Some strange stuff in there. Yeah, you see some strange things. But the thing that struck me that I wanted to share, and I'll give you just a brief background. I think at this time they have been taken into captivity in Babylon. So things are not looking very good. And Ezekiel has been sent to say, Gooped up. Gooped up, but you know what? There's still hope. And uh, this is what God says to tell to Ezekiel, to tell the people. And I think he, we can kind of parallel this to ourselves, really. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, although I have cast them far off among the Gentiles, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you from the countries where you've been scattered and I will give you the land of Israel. And they will go there and they will take away all its detestable things and all its abominations from there. This is the part I like. Then I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and take a stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes keep my judgments and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God dear heavenly father we confess to you I confess to you that I have a stony heart I don't care as much as I should sometimes I don't care at all about the people around me who don't know you. And I just want to change that. So we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives that he would give us heart of flesh. That we would care about people around us that don't know you. And that we have hope and we have the answers. 
Help us to find ways to share who you are and what you're doing and how great you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I guess we have offering now. But, yeah. <laughs> probably going to take 10 seconds or so to do that. And we have uh, a couple of uh, songs, two or three songs left. There's something about worship that just re- seems like it asks you to just stand up. To me, I mean, it, and if there's some reason you can't, that's that's cool too. I don't I don't mean to make you feel bad about that, but it's just like I don't know. There's something about it. Anyway, here we go. sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already And grace will lead me home When we've been there Ten thousand years Bright shining as the sun We've no less days To sing God's praise Than when we first We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Well, I'm treating my sorrows and I'm treating my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. And I'm treating my sickness, and I'm treating my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. We're singing, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. Back to the top. Well, I'm treating my sorrows And I'm treating my shame I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord And I'm treating my sickness And I'm treating my pain I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord 
We're singing, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Well, I'm pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond this curse, for His promise will endure, and His joy is going to be my strength. Though sorrow may last for the night, His joy comes in the morning. So I'm treating my sorrows, and I'm treating my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. And I'm treating my sickness, and I'm treating my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. We're singing, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. One more time. We're singing, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Remember our guy with the sign by the side of the road? No, bridge out. What if instead the sign said, speed trap ahead? I mean, would you be more likely to believe him? Well, yeah, the, the claim isn't so outlandish. Besides, how much does it cost to slow down a little bit? You know, it's no big deal. But bridges out, to believe that costs us everything. We've got to stop, we've got to turn around, we've got to go the other way. Jesus doesn't call us to avoid a speed trap. <laughs> the claims of Scripture are outlandish. Here's an example from another guy who heard that conversation with Nicodemus. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth, and all the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? This is no speed trap ahead sign. <laughs> this is serious business. This is the bridge is out. God thought it serious enough to send His only Son. To let him die on a cross in our place. John wrote in a letter, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will we walk into the light, confess our sins, and trust that He will be both faithful and just to forgive us those sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? 
or will we stubbornly refuse to come to the light living ever in the shadows? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Have. Have eternal life. It's in the present tense. We already have eternal life. We own it, but we don't yet have it in our possession, those of us who believe. That will not always be. (laughs) Jesus made this promise of himself. An hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. There will be a dividing. In this life, you have light and shadows. And they do sometimes get confusing. For those who take part in the resurrection of life, there will be no shadows. The true light will be with us at all times and He will make us light. But for those in the resurrection of judgment, there will be no light, only the shadows. Time to choose is now, in this life. There is no need to stay condemned. Choose life. Shine life. Shine light. If we are a part of the church of Jesus Christ, if we are in Christ, we are to tell people the good news. You don't have to be a part of the resurrection of judgment. You don't have to be. You can participate in the resurrection of life. All you got to do is come into the light. Thank you, Father, so much for the gift of your Son. It's an amazing thing because we were lost. We were lost. Completely lost. No chance of rescue. No chance of recovery. And then your Son came. He came into the darkness. And no darkness could overcome him. He overcame the darkness. And now we can be made light. Thank you, Father, for that truth. Help us to tell others how important that truth is. There really is a bridge out. We're not just talking some speed trap. This is a bridge out. You must stop. You must turn around. You must go the other way. Help us somehow to get that across to in a way that they can absorb. Thank you, Father, for what you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're at the last song. A couple more songs today than usual. And go ahead and stand if you, if you want to or if you feel you, you would like to. And uh, I work with people that have sore knees and bad backs and I understand not wanting to stand up sometimes. <laughs> So, just go do it. Uh, the words are going to be up for this this time. We've done this instrumentally, or uh, just just Flynn and I the, the time before, but let's give it a go. Hey, and I, I thought it'd be kind of fun. Remember, like Sunday school, this little light of mine, or this little light of mine. You guys remember that one? This little light of mine. Yeah, but yeah, don't let Satan blow it out. Yeah. So uh, the the chorus is uh, get to your feet and praise him, and then lift up your hands and praise him. So if you can lift up your hands and praise him at that time. That'd be kind of fun. It'd be kind of like going back to Sunday school, sort of. Here we go. Well, 
Well, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises to His name, O Most High. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises to His name, to declare His love and kindness every morning and His faithfulness every night. With harmony on all the strings of your heart and voice and life, for your deeds, O Lord, have made me glad, and I will triumph in the works of your hands. One, two, three, four. Praise Him, praise Him. Whoa, get on your feet and praise Him. Whoa, praise Him, praise Him. Lift up your hands and praise Him. How great are all your works, O Lord, and your thoughts are very deep. The wicked man will never understand that some day his days will cease. For you lift up the humble while you resist the proud. For you are my defender against those who would bring me down. And you reign on high forever, but your enemies will fall. One, two, three, four. Praise Him. Praise Him. Whoa, get on your feet and praise Him. Whoa, praise Him. Praise Him. Lift up your hands and praise Him. You, O Lord, are our rock. You're righteous through and through. Those you plant inside your house are those who trust in you. Well, they flourish like the palm trees, like cedars they grow tall. In old age, fresh and fruitful, declaring this to all, that you, O Lord, are upright. You're the righteous Lord of all. One, two, three, four. Praise Him, praise Him. Whoa, get on your feet and praise Him. Whoa, praise Him, praise Him. Lift up your hands and praise Him. I'll praise Him in the morning, praise Him in the evening, praise Him every night. Praise Him with your heart, praise Him with your voice, praise Him with all your might. For He alone is worthy of all our love and praise. One, two, three, four. Praise Him, praise Him. Whoa, get on your feet and praise Him. Whoa, praise Him, praise Him. Lift up your hands and praise Him. Whoa, praise Him, praise Him. Lift up your voice and praise Him.